There is a lot of stuff to do in the gaming area and, and the web free area, which is not just NFTs. Like there is way more. You have a fully decentralized AI that is a DAO that pays for its own computing and is unstoppable. I think that AI will be pretty big, but what I want to see as well is more Web2 companies hopping in. Welcome to the Bare Metal Podcast. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning back into the Bare Metal Podcast. I'm here today with Moshe from Aleph IM. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for like having me here today. So I think not everybody knows what Aleph.im is or does. Can you give us a short intro? Yeah, sure. So Aleph.im is a decentralized cloud, meaning like everyone knows about AWS. They are providing storage, computing, and stuff like that, concrete instances. Well, we are doing the same thing, but in a decentralized way. And the, and the, and the resources are provided by a decentralized network where people get paid to provide servers, computing, storage. How, why did you guys get started? How old is the company, and you know how did you how did you start? Why did you get this idea? Um, I started in 2017, 2018, working on a few uh, blockchain projects, uh, making uh, making explorers and stuff like that. And then I wanted to do bigger application, like let's say a Twitter or Facebook or a social network. Uh, a fully decentralized social network, and we were lacking a lot of stuff to do it. And I started building it, and in the end, it became a fully feature and f and, and and full project that became Alep.im. This was in end of 2018, start of 2019, and we cre and I created a company in 2020 and launched the token in 2020 as well. Um, when did you guys decide to raise? Was it at the beginning or was it later after, you know, when you say start 2017, did you raise around that time or more around no, 2020? No, uh, raised nothing until 2020, late 2020, uh, a bit with some OTC sale with a few SEC partners. And then in 2021, we did a real Series A raise of $10 million at the end of 2021, start of 2022. Mm -hmm. Good timing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I was looking at the website and I found Ubisoft among the investors. This caught my eye because that's a major game publisher. And I was wondering why is a, is a gaming company investing? Can, can you explain that? Well, um, we have been working for quite a while with Ubisoft. We were part of the Ubisoft Entrepreneurs Lab uh, seasons in 2021, if I recall correctly. Um, and we saw a lot of needs from them on the NFT storage side, and we did some dynamic NFT protocols with them. Like, like your NFT metadata URL points to like our decentralized cloud, and then the metadata can be updated dynamically based on what happens in game. Uh, and you still have a decentralized network behind. So like, so like it's not centralized and everything can be audited and you can know why did this metadata change that way at that moment. And it was quite important for them. Same for the storage thing. And more generically in the gaming area, um, there is something that, that is quite important. Let's say you are a game publisher, okay? You want to make a game, Two years later, you are saying, okay, I don't want to maintain this game anymore. We have barely no buys of that game. No, we still have players, but we don't earn any money with it. Okay. 
That's shitty, and most game publishers end up shutting down servers, and people Check get mad at them. So that breaks the angry. game. Yeah. Well, yeah. if it's running on a decentralized cloud like LF.im, the users can make a DAO and pay for the server's fees themselves. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. So there are so, some games that have shut down, and I was very angry. Yeah, I don't totally sympathize with that. So, so the so the gaming company could have so the developer or the publisher could actually offload future server costs onto the users exactly. if they like the game and, and want that option. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. And you okay. could have fully decentralized game um, game backends, fully decentralized assets that could go from one game to another. There is a lot of stuff to do in the gaming area and and the web free area, which is not just NFTs. Like there is way more into web free. Right. So, and but the the Ubisoft lab, or or the the sort of um, the the startup school was that focused on those that dynamic NFT project? Was that your proof of concept? Why you were there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were into the ghost break, uh, ghost recon breakpoint NFTs, uh, which was called Quartz, and and the Quartz system had the NFTs onto Tezos. Um, uh, uh, like the ownership part, but like all the metadata, picture, storage, computing was on the LF.im network. How many, uh, like what? what's the size of the network today? Like how many, if I think of it in my mind, how many hosts or how many CPU cores or something? Give me some some sort of like understanding. Uh, we have 70 core channel nodes, which are the controllers of the network. They are in charge of verifying that those that are providing the resources are really doing it. And they're also validating messages, verifying signatures, ashes, etc. A bit like, like a validator on like, on like proof of stake networks. And they, they also need to, to like have stake tariff and stuff like that. And we also have 220 computing resource nodes as well. And those are the virtual machine supervisor. They are the one providing the computing power. Um, we expect to triple that amount by Q2 2024 uh, with what we will call the pay-as-you-go, which is the ability to stream tokens directly to the computing resource node that is running your instance. And then we will have less, um, less, uh, less part of the payment of those nodes that will be subsidized by the network. So 220 sort of distinct providers, like so 220 operators, let's call that, are parts of your network. Am I getting, is that uh, a fair 220 summary? plus 70, yeah. Okay, yeah, 220 for the compute nodes and 70 for the sort of validation, let's call it validation yeah. services or verification yeah. services. How do you guys manage the, the 70 who are doing the checking? Is that is that uh, a set managed by you? Is that, a, is that some, can anyone become uh, sort of uh, a member? Anyone can become a, a like a member. You just need to have two hundred thousand Aleph to create the node, and have the community or yourself stake five hundred thousand Aleph onto it to like activate it. Mm-hmm. So it's in some sense it's it's, it's permissionless, uh, but I need to I need access to Aleph which I guess is not really a, a blocker. Out of interest, if I wanted to buy Aleph tokens, are they listed anywhere? How do I how do I get them? Uh, yeah, we are listed on. Qcoin, Coinbase, Gate.io, obviously, and, and it's way better Uniswap V3 because you have like um, uh, liquidity 
which are on some ranges, etc. So, so like you can have way better liquidity on, on Uniswap V3. We are also on PancakeSwap, mm-hmm. uh, MXC. We are pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are available, right? right. Yeah. If I wanted to test it, I could. Uh, let's take some more into the into the services you guys are offering. Um, so I, I sort of grouped this into a, a, f- a few sets for myself, and I dig into a couple. So I, I, I was seeing some computing, some storage, and some some indexing. Uh, in the computing part, I was most interested in this private VM. Said so, sort of private and, and encrypted VM. Can you talk more about what, is this using the trusted execution environment, or is this some sort of yeah. you know homomorphic encryption scheme? So I will start by, by explaining a bit the different type of VM that we have on the network. We have the serverless VMs, which are like, which are like Amazon Lambda. And we also have the instances. An instance is what most of the people know. Like you can choose your OS, you choose your RAM, you, you choose your stuff and you create it and you have SSH access on to, into mm-hmm. your instance. That works well. The issue when you are in a fully decentralized network is that your instance can be scheduled on any of the nodes. Uh, we will open a way for you to choose which node will run your instance, and then you can choose more reputable ones or, or like even cloud providers that will put instances on the network, and then there is a better trust system. But what if you really wanted to like run it somewhere on the network, no one knows where, and you still want to have the security and and know that no one can see what is happening inside. Like if you want to like store private keys, it can be anywhere on the network and you don't care about where and no one can see the private keys inside. Um, that's where the confidential computing comes into play. And we expect to have it early 2024, the confidential computing part. We already have it in, in like internal alpha and we will have it in beta shortly after, uh, likely end of the year, early next year. Uh, so as to how it works, which was your question, um, we are using AMD SCV, which is a way to like encrypt fully a VM. It's not just a very small secure enclave somewhere. It's, it's like, it's like you, you will have your own CPU with your own part of the RAM, which is encrypted and bound to your CPU, plus a storage part that is also encrypted. And the good part is that it's a secure element inside the CPU that handles it. And, and, and basically you will send the OS image encrypted for that secure element. And that secure element will load it directly. And the node owner can't do anything, uh, can't do a man in the middle there. That's interesting. I was, so, uh, I was uh, also, uh, my attention, what caught my attention is you were saying earlier that um, the, the the instance can be, were you talking about the functions when you said the function can be scheduled to run anywhere? Was this the Lambda yeah. construction or actually also the node? If I run an instance that I can SSH into, you can migrate that instance between, yeah. between providers? Like, so, so you sort of, you put it to sleep, you move it yeah. and then you wake it back up. So there's exactly. all the state moves. Yeah, and also we are working on something which is currently in alpha and that will move to beta in general availability, which is constant backup in form of layers. So like your VM gets backup in continuously and then you have the core channel node that do, um, well, it, I, I won't enter too much into the security details of it. Basically, you 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 like just 
um, your VM gets backup continuously in forms of layers. Like and Docker layers. When I build yeah, exactly. more, more steps, like it's exactly. sort of creating these diffs. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And when, let's say, the host that is running your VM shuts down for some reason, then the network will see, whoa, this host came down. We need to get the we need to get the latest backup that is perhaps half an hour back, and we reschedule it somewhere else. Okay, so it's possible that I will lose some that I will lose some yeah. intermediate data, but uh, the host will then start with like a reasonably fresh snapshot. Exactly, uh, in a new location. and then the computing resource node and the associated core channel node will get will will get penalties on their reward if if, if they just shut down with no Slash, reason. Right. With no, yeah. like, with no one. But uh, if they shut down properly and let people migrate without lo lo losing data, they will get less penalty, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, it's an uh, it's an interesting system. Uh, I'm I'm wondering how that will work for the for the customers if I'm SSHing into my account. I guess so. What about, for example, managed database services? Are you guys um, thinking of that, like you know, just providing a Postgres instance because that would help with uh, with maintaining the state as well, right? Uh, so our network has its own decentralized database, which is maintained by the core channel nodes. Uh, each message into this database is signed, hashed, etc., etc. So it's a transaction. Um, uh, users can be any of the supported blockchain addresses. So like you can have database instances created by an Ethereum wallet and by a Solana wallet and by a Tezos wallet, Cosmos, Polkadot, etc. They can all work together inside that decentralized database. Um, but if you want to like have better performance than a fully decentralized network, uh, if you want to like have a centralized database, you can do it as well yourself and just install a PostgreSQL with shards and stuff like that uh, as instances, you can do it as well. But or you can use our decentralized database system. Interesting. And in the terms of the functions, like how does that work? Are they replicated across multiple hosts from the get-go? So I'm like, you know, I have reliable uh, service, yes. and you have some automatic routing to these guys wherever the function is available. Basically, there is two ways to call your your functions: uh, the base load balancer, uh, which will find nodes on the network and just run it. And, and then you will stay on that host unless it's too loaded and then it will start loading it somewhere else. We are also working on a decentralized load balancer where you will basically connect via, via peer-to-peer, get a list of hosts in JavaScript and then find the correct host and, and your browser will do that, that load balancing, mm -hmm. uh, which is better decentralized. Um, or we have also have a curated endpoint, which will basically preload VMs that are loaded a lot, preload it on a certain hosts, and, and then rotate between those hosts and shrink and get the pool of VMs bigger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So some sort of auto-scaling behind, the, yeah. behind the, the service. Another thing that was uh, interesting for me is you had GPU support with a question mark in there. Uh, which of course GPU is super hot in today's uh, AI uh, hungry workload market. So what are you guys planning around GPUs? Uh, so we don't have the GPU support yet. It's planned. Um, it will likely come just after the confidential virtual machine because this part is 
a bit more important into our, in our mind, but then we will have the GPU support uh, ready. Um, it won't be a lot more work because we need to change the, um, the hypervisor technology we use uh, inside the nodes to support the confidential VM, and then it will be the same that will be reused for the GPU support. Um, Ideally, early 2024, and we are already in talks with a few data center providers that will likely put nodes on the network for the GPU support. And this will come with the pay-as-you-go feature, which is quite important. Uh, that's pretty interesting. Of course, AI uh, GPU support uh, immediately takes brings to my mind AI workloads. So one of the questions I have is sort of what are you guys doing around AI? And uh, you know how is that relevant to your relevant uh, to LFIM? Well, there is one project which is called Liberty.io, which is built on top of Aleph.im, which aims to bring AI into the Aleph.im network. Because, uh, in my opinion, there is cloud providers, but there is also AI API providers, and AI API provider will become bigger and bigger as time goes. Um, because whenever you need to like do text completion, whenever you need to like have functions, because your texts are generic, are, are like functions. You you can give it examples, give uh, ask it a question, and you get a result. And sometimes when you do some part of code, let's say um, that isn't used that much, you could just call on AI endpoint and just get the result back. And then you didn't, you don't even need to, to, to like code a certain feature that is used 10 times per day. Um, and in our opinion, having this inside LF.im is quite critical. And, and so Liberta is working on it. Uh, and Liberta brings a large language model a bit like ChatGPT. They are also working on, on image generation, uh, image ingestion directly inside large language models, uh, text-to-speech, speech-to-text, and stuff like that. Um, and so Liberta is currently working on CPU only. And actually, if you test it on chat.liberty.io, it's as fast as ChatGPT, and you have quite similar uh, outputs because, yeah, you don't need huge models in reality. If you can import data inside it and add data dynamically, you don't need huge models in the end. Uh, so would you guys, to... that's an interesting case. Would you be able to support that in your network? So in AI, this is called fine tuning, right? So yeah. I, can, I can, in today's parlance, so like a base model or a foundation model is that this big, uh, or moderately big uh, baseline model that's trained on a lot of a lot of text that understands some statistical relationships inside you know human written text in different languages. But then one of the key pieces that I think are interesting is is a fine tuning piece. So this model generally might give me reasonable results for my task, but if I have examples of my task and actually I can actually fine tune that model for much less cost than the original training, and then I have like a dedicated API endpoint. That would be really cool if you guys could do something like that. Do you, th do you think that would be possible on the network one day? Yeah, that's something that we are working on supporting Liberty to do. Uh, the thing is, is that-, that your in-house project or like what you're no, mentioning? No, uh, it's, not, it's not an in-house project. It's another startup that is developing Liberty, uh, but we are supporting them quite heavily because it's critical for us to have uh, capabilities on the network. And to be honest, I'm having a lot of fun playing with it, so. <laughs> Can you show us? Uh, yeah, sure. 
I've seen I've seen a, a live demo before, and I'd love for the uh, for the viewers to be able to see it. Whoever's okay, looking so at video, what is? Yeah, yeah, I've seen this interface before. Ethereum, let's ask it directly. It decentralized open source blockchain platform that enables developers to build and develop smart contracts on DApps, et cetera, et cetera. So it has information about, about what is Ethereum and, um, and yeah. So what if you ask for the current price of Ethereum? Can you show the, the uh, can you ask it the current price? Because that will tell us when it was trained. Yeah. What is the current price? of Ethereum. <laughs> September right. 20th. So yeah, okay, so it's even telling us. So it knows its data is outdated just like ChatGPT. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So this is Mistral CC. Do you know what the CC means? Uh, so here, uh, it's um, CC is because it's using a fine tune over a fine tune, which is called collective, uh, collective cognition by Technium, which is a pretty cool guy on Twitter that has been doing fine tuning on models. Uh, he's also behind Nus Hermes, if I recall correctly, mm -hmm. which is another pretty well-known fine-tune. Um, so yeah, CC is because it's a fine-tune of Mistral 7B. Uh, there is a few other models that are provided here, like Xwin 13B, uh, which is based on Lama 2, Code Lama, uh, and, um, which, which is called Lama 34B, Wizard Coder, etc. So, um, and all those, uh, you were saying GPUs are not supported yet, right? So this is running on CPU. Yeah, it's all running on CPU, but we did a lot of tricks and stuff to make it run fast, and it works. Uh, does the, is that true also for the thirty four B model? Like you can run the the thirty four B model in the in the chat window. Uh, uh, right now, it's slow. We uh, because because uh, we we like did a big change for the, to to like help them support Mistral seven B. And this change will be ported to 34B. Need 34B will be faster. Right now, 34B is a bit slow. I can try, but uh, write uh, Python hello world. All right. I mean, 34B is a big model, even if you shrink the weights, right? So it'll do a lot of sort of uh, RAM uh, intensive yeah. work, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but it works. It, uh, right now it's slow, to be honest. Um, I expect to have something like 5x speed up in the near future for it, uh, because we will backport uh, all the changes that we did and and like and like the Liberty team will will move their VM to like that improvement. But mm -hmm. it, it's still working, which is quite impressive on CPU. Yeah. Yeah. It's able to generate generate the message. Like I could see myself waiting a little bit to see that. So I'm really excited to see this uh, sort of effort that I think will really help prevent lock-in of AI uh, behind yeah. big paywalls. I mean, if you guys had a service that would just charge per call, right? Uh, just the same way you have these functions. So you have like chat functions, basically. Yeah. And I could just pay 0 0.001, whatever, uh, yeah. and ask my question. Uh, yeah. That well, sounds really exciting. Right now, uh, the, the API, while it's still in beta, is free. So like uh, there is an API that, that you can already use right now. Um, so for right now it's free, but yeah, the goal uh, for Liberty is that here you will be able to connect your wallet 
And when you connect your wallet, you will be able to do a chat to earn. Like the more you chat with it, if you agree to share your chat logs and give feedbacks on the answers, you can get paid in Liberty token and then use those Liberty token for requests and better models and stuff like that. So decentralized so that, all the way to usage. Exactly. I can be a trainer as well as a, as a user. Yeah. This is a really cool effort. I, I, I love that. I had, I had no idea. Um, I, I think I've heard about this uh, somewhere, but I haven't seen the interface and it looks pretty clean. Um, and uh, yeah, so what wallets can I connect now, by the way? Uh, right now, it's an Ethereum wallet. Okay. Uh -huh. and, and, and if you connect your Ethereum wallet, right now you, you can sign a message saying, yeah, yeah, I'm interested. And it writes a message on the LF.AM Explorer. Um, right. Which is there. Let's see the messages. And if I look at the Liberty channel, you, you, you can see people who registered their interest into Liberty. Who signed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you can see the messages that they have been signing. What do you think is going to be the most interesting usage of, of, of this feature? Are you guys still in the exploration phase, phase or are you thinking of like some specific verticals where you'd like to offer this? Uh, on the AI side, you mean? Yeah, on the AI side, sort of like this. Um, I'm sort of, you'd be speaking on behalf of the Liberty team, I understand, but I'm just wondering if you guys are sort of thinking, hey, you know, this co this this unique combo of uh, open source models uh, built by Mistral recently raised a big amount of funding um, from France. Um, yeah, Mistral from uh, France plus the decentralized backend. What could be the the the, the main usage? Well. <laughs> um, I kind of like to think that using, like, if you want to make really decentralized autonomous organization like DAOs, uh, the best use case would be to have like an AI that, that manages the DAO. And if it's running on OpenAI, then it doesn't work. You will need to have um, a DAO that can pay for its own computing and that runs on a decentralized network. So for me, that's the ideal use case. You have a fully decentralized AI that is a DAO that pays for its own computing and is unstoppable on, an, on a decentralized network. And so then the AI would be, let me think through this, like would that be sort of like the administrator of the DAO or like yeah. do you think the AI would be the DAO and would be talking to other DAOs and, and whatever? It, it could be both. Like buffing could be seen in the future. And, 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 and there, there is a lot of talk in the AI space about agents. Um, a DAO would be an agent, basically. Right. So agent in terms of, just to make it clear for the, for the, for the listeners, an agent would be a technical term for like an autonomous processing unit that can say reserve flights for you. You ask it like, hey, could you reserve flights on my behalf? And we'll say, what are your documents? And then go and find and, uh, you know, offer you some flights and then reserve them for you. So it will actually do things instead of just process like information that, that, that you put in. That's a pretty interesting um, evolution. We'll see who comes with this. I haven't seen any real agents so far. I don't know if you've, you've hit some agents, like I haven't seen anybody reserve any flights or you know, book, uh, book some tickets, but uh, yeah, I guess that's something that's coming. Uh, personally, I'm using a few agents for my own, for my, block, say, for my blockchain use cases, but that's personal, so <laughs> I've been- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we don't want to steal your price fees, I understand. Um, so the, 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 the other use case that was interesting is indexing. 
Yeah, uh, obviously indexing is a very important um, problem for um, you know understanding blockchain data. You guys built a new open source framework. Yeah. Uh, why did you guys decide to do that? Did you not find any interesting frameworks or you had some specific requirements you wanted to build your own? Uh, it all started on Solana during the Solana summer that everyone knows about. Uh, a lot of DeFi projects were blooming everywhere and we were like, yeah, we want to do indexing. And because all those DeFi projects were all centralized and that's something that's quite important for us is that we want DeFi projects and web free projects to ditch AWS and have their whole backend on the LF.AM network. And I think that it makes sense. But they all used um, very centralized indexing because they had the indexing needs to like see the state of their protocol. Everyone was building their own custom stack. And we were like, we could perhaps make an open source indexer and help people to like, they can build their indexer using our framework and then they just deploy it on a decentralized cloud and they don't have any centralized part anymore. And that's how it started on Solana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we ported it on EVM chains. We are now porting it on like, on like a few others, including Tezos and others, because there is a need for it. So you guys have existing demand. There, there are guys yeah. using your, your indexing framework and service. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's... Uh... That's also a pretty interesting direction um, in which to go. So what about competition? Like, do you feel there's uh, there are other companies that are building something similar or how do you guys differ? Where do you guys see yourselves with regards to uh, any potential sort of cloud compute, let's say decentralized cloud compute competition? Because that's a very wide term, I understand. Yeah, well, there is a lot of different companies. There are uh, companies and projects. There are projects like iExec and Golem who are doing only Computing. There are projects like Filecoin that are doing only storage. Uh, others like Bluezell that are only doing a database. Um, so we are all of that. We don't aim to like replace Filecoin, for example. That's not our goal. And even in the future, we want to have a storage backend that that could be Filecoin, for example. Um, and on the other end, there are more cloud providers that are being built, like for example, Akash, um, Flux, or like others. And then they only support a subset of what we are doing, and they aren't doing it in a way that can be automatically scalable, or that could you do, or that could do our AI use cases or stuff like that. So we find that we have a pretty unique standpoint there providing a full-featured decentralized cloud. And that's what we are really trying to do. What's your major focus right now? And what are you guys, what's your first priority? Is it the private VMs? You mentioned that that's something that you want to deliver early. Is this the key thing that the company is working on? Uh, currently, the key thing is getting instances fully up to speed. They are up to speed, and we just released a new LFVM um, release today, which makes them behave way better and support direct IPv6 routing to like to like a VM to allow you to like SSH to it and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, confidential VMs are coming. For us, it's really something that is critical. Um, fully, full um, decentralized uh, DNS 
as well. Basically, you you just point your. DNS. I was going to ask that. Okay, so so you you are replacing the DNS system. Well, not fully replacing it because we need to be compatible with browser OSs, etc. But basically, we won't replace your register. We can't. Although some new generation of registers are coming and we will work with them, but for generic registers, basically you will point your name server toward the Left.im network and then Left.im network, um, you will have fallbacks inside your DNS and then it will find a way to like get you to what to is right currently host. hosting your right. own domain so like so like so if i could moves, get some latency increases but i will i will hop to the right i will be routed to the actually right not really like because we will be doing it at the dns level like core channel node could become dns providers mm -hmm. doing okay. that okay right and, and they have the catalog of the instances running on each host and then and and, and then you have a direct redirect toward your node ipv6 if, if the client is IPv6 and then you have no latency, like you request it and you get it and you go get directly toward your host that uh, that will like root inside your VM because your VM has a unique IPv6. And, and so you have no latency increase at all. So this is another priority for us and then GPU as well and everything that comes around it, like stuff that we're working on with Ubisoft as well, um, and other stuff like, like the VRF that we just released that are offline verifiable random function. It's not on-chain, like it's not competitor to like Chainlink or like others. It's off-chain VRF that you can use directly inside your programs and inside your things. You can have a VRF inside any LF.im app so you can have a predictable random that, that you can control. Where do you expect the, the market for compute to go in the future? I mean, who's going to be, if you think like three, four years from now, who's going to be the biggest user? Is it the gaming industry? Is it, you know, somebody else? Is it the AI, you know, based use cases? Where do you guys see this? I think that AI will be pretty big, but what I want to see as well is more Web2 companies hopping in. And that's where um, our plans for pay-as-you-go and fiat gateways and stuff like that will come into play. That's a bit longer term, like end of next year or stuff like that, because we aren't building fiat gateways. That's not our job. We will integrate with like DeFi, um, DeFi, DeFi Bricks doing it. But the idea is that we want to have any kind of web to company that just want to pay in credit card to be able to like right. reserve nodes on the network and even be able to like say, okay, I, I, I want my instances to run on nodes that are in this country, this country, this country, and not somewhere else. Because if we head into a war or something like that, the network could like, even split at some time, rejoin or stuff like that. We are trying to make the network resilient to war as well, because if it comes, it needs to be ready and you need to be able to like specify where your workload will run in on adversarial uh, stuff. Like, and a lot of Web2 companies will have needs like that. So we want to have this kind of of like redundancy by design. Like if a cloud provider goes down, your app will continue running and you won't even see any ICUPS inside it. So that's a pretty strong use case and selling point against 
regular web to cloud companies. And also for like data center owners, um, cloud providers, they could put nodes on the letter time network and get paid. And if there is native fiat gateways, they can just get a revenue stream in fiat and don't even care about crypto. Well, let's hope uh, people see the light and start using LFIM. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, this was a very exciting talk. Uh, pretty interesting stuff that you guys have there. I'm definitely going to try the Liberty um, tool Thanks. myself. Have some fun with it. I don't think I've chatted with the Mistral model, so uh, definitely interested in uh, in doing that now. So anyway, hey, thanks very much, Moshe, for coming on the show. Thanks. Thank you as well.